This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Cluster Vision in Bankruptcy. ARM Intros 128 Core Design. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360, joined by Tiffany Trader of HPC Wire. Tiffany, we've got some more news this week in HPC. Let's start with kind of a bummer of a news story. One of the top European resellers, Cluster Vision, is in bankruptcy. That's right, Addison. Last week we heard that Cluster Vision was in bankruptcy. It's a well-regarded, prominent European HPC systems integrator that is was declared bankrupt on February 12th in the Netherlands, where it is based. And you know, with the with that story coming out, another story surfaced, which is that another HPC service company, TransTech, also filed for bank uh, for insolvency in mid 20, 2017. And subsequently went out of business later later that year. Yeah, all I knew about Transtech was I hadn't seen them last year, and and I didn't know what was up with them. I had missed that that uh, moving for insolvency. But between that and Cluster Vision, really, you're taking two of the biggest HPC integrators uh, out of the EMEA region. Cluster Vision, in particular, had some noteworthy top 500 installations. Um, and uh, and between the two of them, they had some of the uh, some of the highest counts in our end user surveys as far as resellers go in Europe. The third that would fall into that category is Megware, who we assume is still alive and well in that space. And then there are some other smaller ones, like for example, Boston has been up and coming in this space. Uh, so it aren't, it's not like we don't have any European HPC integrators, but between Transdeck and Cluster Vision, we've lost two of the most significant ones. That's right. They they both had a number of, of successes on the top 500. Cluster Vision had a, a number of small but unique systems. They had that four pizza box Power 8 Minsky cluster called Little Green Machine 2 right. at a Dutch university. Yeah, and they, they had also built a, a GPU system called Arts at, the, at Astron, uh, providing um, two quote, deep learning pedaflops, as they're called now, to the to the Institute's radio telescope for help analyzing and deciphering pulsar flashes. Uh, of course, bright bright computing came out of uh, of cluster vision uh, under the direct direction of uh, Matthias, uh, Matthias van Leeuwen. And, you know, I guess we should note that uh, that company, Bright, has been fully independent and has uh, has been for a while. So it is it is not impacted. And then on on the Transtech side, you know, they had a 35-year history going back to the early days, uh, focused on reselling deck gear, and then they would go, you know, to to focus on Sun and Spark and and IBM. Uh, I actually have two of their books on my bookcase from the 2016-2017 timeframe, really great little reference books with a a nice meaty section on on parallel file systems. There was some association between Transtech and BGFS, you know, I guess, you know, they just had uh, some bad financial results um, transected in, in 2016. And, you know, that that's what happened with their, uh, that's what was behind their bankruptcy. You know, it's really indicative of what a tough, tough uh, business the HPC business can be, especially for pure play and, and smaller HPC players. 
Yeah, it is. As you pointed out, both of these companies are significant enough, even from the integrator side, to have left HPC legacies of their own. And I think the industry is going to miss them. So in terms of how hard it is to do business in this space, there's a question of what's the cohort here and, and what's making that a challenge. And you know, some of it could be that just with all of the complications in architectures, people trying to know, do I buy this or buy that, that there's a bit more gravity pulling toward the larger OEMs. I think, though, another key component of this is just the growth in cloud, that a smaller company is that doesn't already have a lot of infrastructure is more likely to try to move toward cloud. Now, they, they miss that integration component, but that gets handled by someone on the cloud managed services side, a company like Nimbix or Rescale or a cycle computing, which is now part of Microsoft Azure. But companies like that, they're not traditional integrators in the sense of we'll help you set up a cluster on premise, but these are companies that are saying we'll help you move your HPC workloads into the cloud and provide integration or managed services in that sense. So it's kind of an extended cohort situation, but as we've seen the growth in HPC cloud in recent years, it wouldn't surprise me if that was really taking a bite out of that traditional HPC integrator business. Right, right. So do you think that these these cloud services will, will fill the gap that was uh, filled by uh, these these systems integrators who who often provided a, a level of service to smaller organizations that the, the big players wouldn't provide? That would be my hope that they can take over that role because I think for an entry-level mid-range HPC user where that's the biggest system they had, a lot of times the, the gravity toward working with a reseller or integrator was based on this notion that to them, I'm, I'm an important customer. I feel like I'm someone significant, whereas if I go to one of the larger OEMs, well, they want to push me off to the channel. I'm not really a huge enterprise account, and I feel like a bigger customer when I'm with a reseller. And remember, someone stepping up to HPC for the first time, I don't feel like me buying my eight-node cluster is something small. I think that's something big. I'm in the realm of, of high-performance computing and supercomputing. This is the biggest computer I ever bought, and I'd like to feel like I'm dealing with somebody who takes that seriously and can help me. Uh, balance and optimize all of my workloads. So uh, I think with cloud, hopefully you can find that in that managed services space. I don't think you'd get that dealing with the big cloud vendors directly going right to AWS or Azure, but by going through these guys like like Nimbix or Rescale or Cycle, that they they take my mid-range HPC workload seriously. And I think I think they can fill that gap. Mm. Yeah, it's it's definitely a time of change there, and we're we're also seeing change in in the processor ecosystem. We saw a big announcement from ARM this week. Yeah, ARM uh, now in, introducing a design for a 128 core chip design under the code name. N1. This is based on their Ares architecture. Now, we've been following 64-bit ARM in this space, both in HPC and hyperscale, but this is the biggest ARM, uh, ARM design that we've seen. It is, yeah. The new N1 platform, it scales from 8 to 128 cores, and ARM says it provides a 60% uh, performance increase over the previous Cosmos processor, the specifically the A72, the Cortex A72, as uh, measured with the Spec Int 2017 benchmark. It also ARM also claims that it delivers a 2.5 performance improvement on key cloud workloads. 
Yeah, this does feel like it's a little more of a hyperscale platform than an HPC platform. And this is the Neoverse N1. I should have gotten that in there before the full name Neoverse N1. Um, and th there are a few clues to that. They are talking about cloud workloads. Also, they seem to be a lot more focused on integer performance than floating point performance. So that would be another clue that uh, this is a little more on the hyperscale side than on the HPC side, but still 128 cores and still in a, as you pointed out in your article, uh, Tiffany, on HPC Wire, still within, the, within a uh, relatively small power envelope. That's true, yes. And and this announcement uh, continues some successes that ARM has had this year, mainly uh, in the in the HPC and supercomputing space. We saw uh, in the last few months, we saw the announcement of Petascale ARM at Sandia, now on the top 500. And we've also seen, uh, we know about Japan's plan coming to fruition to create an exascale system with Fujitsu ARM AFX64 chips. Yeah, that we're really excited to see how Fujitsu uh, progresses with its uh, post-K ARM design. And then there are, of course, other ones out there. Atos has a major ARM initiative. So does Cray. So there's a lot building on top of we're, we're at uh, Petascale now, finally, with our first Petascale ARM system at Sandia. And immediately the race for Exascale is on. So we're going to be watching that. Now, I'm not sure this would be a reference design there. And we've seen Cavium as the the leading uh, chip vendor for those 64-bit HPC designs. We don't know who the, the chip vendors are going to be for this new 128-core reference architecture, but to me, this feels a little more like an applied micro on the hyperscale side. Um, you know, applied micro has had these um, you know, 10 nanometer and below. This is a, we didn't mention, this is a 7 nanometer platform. So now we've got a, another... Uh, you know, we had AMD get to seven nanometer. Now you get an ARM reference design at seven nanometer. Uh, that's really uh, pushing the envelope there. Right. And for our momentum, as you said, Cavium, there's a lot of Thunder X2 systems that we could talk about. And there's a growing number of ARM server chips actually based on, on the Neoverse platform uh, on the Cosmos, which was the, pre the predecessor to, to the N1. Uh, there was Amazon AWS, the AWS Graviton chip based on Cosmos that was announced uh, in um, October or November. And then Huawei has a 64 core chip that was announced um, the end of last year. And Ampere also launched a, a 32 core chip last month. So really a lot of activity in the ARM space. And you've got a chart here about the roadmap of the Neoverse N1 platform. And, and the Neoverse N1 is this 2019 design, but then going forward into Zeus in 2020 and Poseidon in 2021. This is a strong roadmap for these ARM chips going forward. Yeah, indeed, um, it's it's a strong roadmap, and ARM has ARM is promising a a thirty percent year to year performance increase improvement, which they say that they've actually over delivered on with the sixty percent uh, performance increase for N one over Cosmos. So we keep talking about this diversity in the processing space, and it is not slowing down. It's only heating up. It's going to be an exciting year. It is. It is. Looking forward to covering it here on, on the podcast. Absolutely. All right. Thanks a lot for joining me again, Tiffany, and thanks to you for listening in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.